where there's smoke, there is fire. And if there's one incident, it's probably not the first. And so I encourage everybody to take these seriously, uh, to look into them, to determine what exactly happened. And as in most cases, when it comes to managing employees, the sooner that you can have those conversations about what's appropriate, what's not appropriate, as well as the expectations of behavior, the better off everybody is going to be. Are you a business leader looking for strategies and tactics to help you navigate leadership and HR challenges as you scale? Each week on While We Were Working, we bring you our 35 plus years of experience doing exactly this for companies just like yours. For more game-changing HR and leadership insights and to connect with us, check us out at whilewewereworking.com. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of While We Were Working. We have a very special guest joining us today, as well as two amazing topics you won't want to miss. At the top of our show, we will cover the Wall Street Journal article, What the Beep Happened to Our Manners at Work? And in Consultants Corner, we will talk about companies that have an unofficial practice when an employee leaves to give a teammate who's picking up the work a temporary raise. So without further ado, I want to introduce you to Britley Cox, who is one of our amazing Jumpstart consultants. Say hi to everyone, Britley. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for having me on the show, Summer. Certainly our pleasure, Britley. And it's so wonderful for you to be joining us. And for anybody that's wondering, uh, Joey is enjoying some time working on special projects this week, and we are joyed uh, to be featuring Britley on our show. So for those of you who have not uh, attended one of our shows before, uh, our While We Were Working segment is where we talk about a current article or piece of information that we came across that we felt like was important to share. And we know you might've missed it because you were so busy working. And so in this week, um, there it was the Wall Street Journal article published on 9-8-2022, what the beep happened to our manners at work. And so I'm curious to get your initial thoughts after reading this article, Britley, because I think there's a lot to unpack here. Absolutely. So what the beep happened to our manners at work? I think that's a good question. I think that we are seeing so many things that have been outlined in this article from cursing in team meetings to quitting with short notice, skipping thank you notes after interviews, leaving emails in Slack unread, skipping happy hour, ghosting, the list kind of just goes on and on. And I think a lot of these things are happening in the remote world, but they're also happening in person as well. And although some of these things may be in response to bad practices, maybe in recruiting or unclear communication expectations, I think that ultimately it is a good question to wonder how did we go from shaking hands in meetings to potentially cursing or not coming to those meetings at all or showing up dressed rather inappropriately. I'm not sure. 
Well, I appreciate you covering some of the highlights of this article because there's quite a bit in here. And prior to recording for our show today, uh, you and I, we were talking about how some of these have um, evolved over time. I think some of them are not necessarily new, but I think there are definitely some differences as it relates to um, different generations and perhaps what they grew up as um, acceptable in the standard. And so, Britley, I wanted to get your thoughts on uh, cursing at work. Uh, as an HR pro, like, what is your tolerance for that in the workplace? Well, I think cursing, whether new school or old school, will probably all agree is likely not appropriate in the workplace much at all, if any. I think that we might be seeing it a little bit more specifically in remote work as when do we have time to let our hair down? Those after hour work drinks or meeting in the break room, those times maybe aren't there as much. And so I think that people are getting comfortable and maybe a little too comfortable in starting to drop inappropriate words in meetings themselves. But I do think we likely can all agree that should likely be minimized. I definitely agree with uh, with your summary there because I think we are on a different level of on guard when we are in person, and it does feel much um, much more informal when we are communicating through video or maybe just by phone. And there was another one in this article, Britley, in regards to skipping thank you notes after interviews. And I have a pretty uh, strong opinion of this, but I'm curious to know what yours is. Yeah, so I think that that might be something that maybe I'd err on the side of being maybe a little more old school. I myself like to write a thank you note, but I think in this digital age that we oftentimes aren't sure, am I bothering someone? Am I sending just an extra email to clog up the HR rep or the hiring manager's email? Do they want me to do this? Does it seem too forward? I think gone are the days that we have, have stopped overthinking the thank you note. When we were handwriting them and sending them, it was one thing, but now we're all bogged down by those Slack messages, those emails being concerned if they're going on red. And so that thank you note becomes just another thing that, again, I think I might be on the new school end of things and might not find that to be something that is necessarily bad manners not to do. Well, it's interesting to me because I've definitely seen this change over the past 15 years. And I know that sounds like so long, but I remember 15 years ago, I was writing um, handwritten thank you cards to those that I interviewed. And I always used it as kind of a competitive advantage to actually go and deliver them in person as opposed to mailing them, which gave me in some cases, just even if it was a you know, they came to the lobby to pick it up and said thanks and went back to their office a little extra face time. Now, I've shifted to the point of if a thank you note is sent via email, it took me a little while to get to a point of acceptance, but I think that the intention is still there and the same message can be delivered in our digital age. However, I am very disappointed when 
uh, I spend the time interviewing a candidate and they express their extreme excitement and desire to want to work with the company and work with the team. But after the interview, they don't take that opportunity to send a message to just reiterate why they're the right person for the job, why they want this job, and why we should hire them. I can agree with that completely. And I think if anyone is out there who feels like, well, how do I manage? Am I bothering them? Am I just sending them another message? Am I clogging up their email? That can always be something that is discussed in the interview stage. You're always able to ask, and we as HR professionals really love to hear, what are the expectations moving forward? How would you like for me to communicate with you? And then you'll know. Maybe the HR individual or the interviewee does not, or interviewer does not want emails. They'll let you know. And if not, send a thank you letter or a follow up for sure. Absolutely. And I think the last thing that I wanted to mention about this is if you are uh, either in HR or perhaps another role uh, within the business that is part of the interview process. If you receive a thank you note, please do them the same favor and at least acknowledge it and let them know that you received it, even if it's just a sentence or two. Absolutely. So Brittley, something I wanted to talk about as it relates to this article that I'm actually seeing in the workplace is um, managers facing challenges in the remote work environment with what we might know um, you know, just from our own online personal use, the kind of the concept of keyboard warriors. And I think it goes back to what you were saying earlier in the show. But what I'm seeing is some not so great behavior from team members who are being almost borderline aggressive, uh, definitely unprofessional, uh, and, you know, sending messages that are really not appropriate. You know, they're, they're not um, definitely not being a team player and kind of stirring the pot. So, you know, I wanted to talk about this behavior in the workplace and what companies might want to think about in regards to getting a handle on it before it gets out of hand. So have you faced any challenges like that with team members being aggressive on either Slack, email, or video calls? Yes, absolutely. And I think it's similar to any other digital space. You know, it's a little easier to speak your mind when you're sitting behind your computer. It's a little easier to tell somebody your opinion or a negative behind a screen. And so I think we're going to continue to see this, unfortunately. And I think the main, not necessarily fix, but to begin to monitor communications a little bit and I also think communication plans are going to have to be built. We do have so many different places that we're communicating. And Slack in particular is where I've seen the majority of this almost bullying behavior. Because I think when we're using IM systems, we start to feel almost as if we're on Facebook or Yahoo or Google Meet and we're just chatting with our friends. And so you're losing the professionalism, which we're, you know, the whole trend of what we're talking today. And in that loss of professionalism, that very blunt talk starts to come on. And I think that there's going to need to be training surrounding what is appropriate. We're going to have to talk where is it appropriate to communicate and really 
keep people moving in the right direction towards appropriate conversations, where to have those big conversations, maybe even moving major conversations away from Slack. And that's just for, let's talk about this briefly or a, a quick question and getting those more face-to-face, -face, even if it's virtually, where we feel like we probably should behave a little bit more because somebody can see us. I would say that from a manager, um, HR or leadership standpoint, if there's any complaints about unprofessional um, or inappropriate behavior on Slack, even if it's, oh, you know, they they sound like maybe they just said something in frustration. I encourage everybody to take it serious because typically uh, where there's smoke, there is fire. And if there's one incident, it's probably not the first. And so I encourage everybody to take these seriously, uh, to look into them, to determine, you know, what exactly happened and as in most cases, when it comes to managing employees, uh, the sooner that you can have those conversations about what's appropriate, what's not appropriate, as well as the expectations of behavior, the better off everybody is going to be. Because the last thing you want to do is get in a situation where you are facing the difficult decision of maybe needing to part with a team member and you haven't yet had any conversation with them up to that point that this behavior is unacceptable. Um, it's never a good feeling. And if we're handling this, these situations properly, then we can uh, work to change that behavior in hopes of not needing to part ways. Definitely, I agree. Well, this has been a great topic to discuss, Britley, and I feel like there's still so much we could have chatted about, but I know our listeners love to hear about Consultants Corner. So let's go ahead and shift gears. So Consultants Corner is where we take a weekly deep dive into a topic that either came from our listeners, uh, from our lovely community, or uh, from our consultants within the team. So if you have a question or topic that you would like for us to discuss, we would love to hear it from you. And you can find us uh, by sending an email, hello at jumpstart hr.com and just put in the subject line while we were working and we promise to keep your name and any company information confidential. So without further ado, the topic that we're talking about today is when a team member leaves the company and the rest of the team has to pick up those duties, some companies sound like they have an unofficial practice. So Brittley, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, this topic and then let's talk about some of the uh, pros and cons uh, about it. Absolutely. So yeah, an unofficial practice is currently happening with one of my clients who um, has some turnover happening. And so when somebody has left a team, they're choosing to give their employees a temporary raise. So someone may be taking on additional work or they may be just simply one less team member. And so the company has decided, well, we'll just go ahead, give the temporary raise. That raise will be reduced once we bring on a second team member. So we've discussed a lot about how to do this properly 
the downsides, the dangers, there are some, as well as the compliance pieces. And are there other things that maybe we could be doing rather than a wage increase? So ultimately, I think the first thing to discuss with this would be how to do it properly, if that's truly what we're going to be doing. Summer, do you have any thoughts about where to start to properly give somebody a temporary wage increase? Oh my, well, Brittley, I have a lot of thoughts on uh, some of the downsides, but as you mentioned, it absolutely can be done if the organization believes that that's the right approach to them. And I think first and foremost, it's important that not only our conversations with the team member or team members who are assuming this additional work and receiving compensation for it, um, sat down and very clearly communicated what this looks like and what it doesn't look like, but that those conversations are also documented in writing that the employee signs. So what I mean by this is that I would suggest that uh, the HR team provides a letter notifying the team member that um, beginning on X date uh, that they will be temporarily increased from whatever their current rate is to the proposed rate um, for either a predetermined amount of time until the position is filled or um, as um, you know, as determined by management, right? Because there needs to be some flexibility in there that if at any point management decides, hey, this isn't working, there's no promise that it has to continue through a, through a certain date. And then um, I would have the employee sign it and place it in their file. And I think you'd be good to go. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. I think if we're doing this, the correct way to do it is document, document, document. So we want to make sure that the employee is very clear that they understand not just when this starts, but especially when it ends. So what about the downsides and dangers of doing something like a temporary increase in wage? Well, I have one. I'd be curious uh, your thoughts on this as well. I think the potential downside is that when you have somebody performing a job and you're paying them more for it, at some point, you'll have to bring them back down to their prior wage. And I know there'd be a lot of excitement to making more money, but just as there's a lot of excitement, I think that there is a bit of a letdown, even if it's communicated and expected. And then the other downside I see just being, depending on how long uh, this employee or employees have been performing in this elevated capacity, they may at the end of that time frame wonder, well, if I was good enough to fill in for this job, then why am I not good enough to stay in this job? And I think that's a valid question. But Britley, what are some downsides or dangers that come to your mind? Sure, I agree with that one entirely. I think that the morale of the the employee who would have that increase and then just decrease rather would definitely be something that we should be mindful of. Another danger here or risk would be the compliance piece. So depending on what state you might be listening to or listening in from, there are certain compliance pieces around decreasing wage. And a lot of those are notice requirements. And so you might be thinking, well, wait a minute, Britley, 
we've already done the, uh, the appropriate documentation because you told us we had to document. So we notified them. True, but your state may require that you notify them within a certain amount of time. Maybe it's five days prior, maybe it's two weeks prior, but you'd want to have that notice again. Why you ask? Well, we don't want to at any point have red flags because nobody wants to have to deal with an audit. And if there is an audit that just walks in and says that it's time, you know, that that lovely day that can occur from time to time, you want to have it documented, not just the conversation and not just the start and end date, but in compliance with the particular state that you are working within, even if it feels like it's over documentation. And I call that a downside or a danger, not because compliance is a downside. I'm a compliance nerd. I love it. But lots of people don't like it. And lots of people don't want to be a compliance nerd. And so these steps can get missed. And when they get missed, compliance problems turn into audit problems, turn into more documentation later. And so if we're going to do this, there's just so many different steps that I wonder, is there a better way? Is there a better way to show an employee whose team member has left that they might be left with some of their work um, that they're appreciated. Maybe it's even in form of compensation of some sort, Summer. Yeah, I think you mentioned, you know, the downside and or the danger being the compliance aspect. And there's definitely a few more things I wanted to dive into here, because if you're an HR administrator or a small business owner, and maybe this is a practice that you've done or you've, you might consider doing, there is a lot to take into account. And you definitely don't want to mess it up because if the overarching goal of doing this is for the benefit of the company and the benefit of the team member uh, being able to work on some stretch projects and increase their pay, you definitely don't want a problem to come out of it. And one of the items that comes to mind is the potential for inequity. And what I mean by this is within a company, how do you justify to employees that you might do this for somebody who has left the company and the team assumes their extra work, but you don't do it for a layoff. Or maybe you don't do it when there's a leave of absence or extended vacations. And ultimately the question becomes, where do you draw the line? And even if it's not an unofficial practice, I think it becomes problematic because if you start doing it, people will talk. And how do you, you know, how, how do you stop doing it? And if you decide to do it for some and not the others, you know, you have the morale issues. And then, you know, ultimately what was meant to be a good thing is no longer a good thing. So you can see how it becomes messy pretty quick. But Britley, I'm curious if you have ideas for our listeners on if they if they were going to do this, you know, we talked about um, how to do it properly, but are there other ways that you can think of companies thinking about this differently on other approaches they might want to take? Absolutely. So I think it's interesting the idea of when to stop because you're right, vacations and layoffs 
and terminations for that matter and turnover. It, this could also get very expensive. So I think a different way to look at it is the potential for a bonus for someone on a team that has maybe lost somebody to a different offer or another company who's gone above and beyond during that time. So we're not just giving an increase because of what another employee has decided they're going to do, but in fact, rewarding an employee for what they've done when that has happened. Because ultimately, turnover is inevitable. Teams are going to not be fully staffed from time to time. So rather than just saying we're going to fill the void with a, an increase every time this happens, and oh goodness, that might get really expensive really quick, I think looking and evaluating individual employees on teams who have team members who have left for whatever reason and saying this individual went above and beyond, they took on extra, they had a smile on their face, they rallied the team, maybe considering those bonuses after the fact, after we've been able to evaluate and see really, does this make sense to increase I like that idea a lot. And I think that that is of the two actually a better solution because I do worry that if we are increasing the pay of an individual immediately, we don't know how they're going to perform in the job. And so how long do we continue to pay them to maybe just limp along and just barely get by? Whereas if you take the bonus approach, then there is no promise to them upfront. There's no expectation. And it would only truly be justifiable if that team member performed at an acceptable level. And I've seen companies do this through um, through their bonus programs, like a spot bonus program. And the way that some companies have budgeted for it is to say, hey, each department has an allocated budget for spot bonuses each quarter, and it's up to the manager to determine what employees may have done to warrant that spot bonus. And so if the manager decides that they wanna give it out for somebody who um, put in extra hours or saved the company money or filled in when there was a gap on the team, then there's that discretion. There isn't that expectation. And I think it's just a much more sustainable model uh, because using the one that we, we initially discussed, I think kind of sets that expectation that it's going to happen. And I feel like that's part of the biggest danger all around. Absolutely, I agree. Well, it's been wonderful chatting about these two topics on today's show. And Brittley, I'm curious to know, is there anything else you wanted to share um, about our Consultants Corner topic before we wrap up our show today? Actually, you know, Summer, I thought it would be really interesting real quick to bring up the idea that Joey actually had about this particular topic. And that was just one last piece to consider if you're still thinking about that wage increase and that temporary wage increase, what happens if the individual you gave it to leaves the company when they have that increase? We would then have to dig in and look, do we need to pay out any PTO that's available to them for payout at that increased rate? Is it the old rate? Did we discuss that in the documentation and could just again have another issue? So this is something we workshopped and I think that Joey's insight was really important and in his absence I thought it was interesting to bring up and make 
sure that everybody's aware there's so many different avenues that you'd have to think in regard to this particular topic, in, including what happens if the person leaves. Wow, that is a really great point. And I'm glad that you mentioned it because when companies are making these decisions, I think sometimes it's really quick on the surface for this, you know, and this is a great example for there just to be a really what seems like an easy solution. We'll just pay them more, right? Just pay more till we get somebody in the position. It's super easy, right? And at the end of the day, it's not. So if you are a small business um, or business that needs help with HR, uh, these are the types of questions and problems that we solve every day. So if there's anything that we can help you with, we'd love to chat with you. And this concludes this week's episode of While We Were Working. Make sure you turn, tune in live every Tuesday to catch us live on LinkedIn um, and on all pod, podcast channels wherever you get your pods. And Britley, thank you so much for joining us today. We hope we, we get you back again real soon. Awesome. Thanks so much, Summer. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode. Got more questions? Then make sure you check out whilewewereworking.com for more tips and resources. Or shoot us a message on social media. See you next week.